celebrating five years as your live and interactive Sharks post-game show on YouTube. This is Teal Town After Dark. Good evening, everyone. It is Thursday night, January 16th, 2020, and the San Jose Sharks not having a great road trip this year, this go around before the All Star break. They lose to the Colorado Avalanche 4 0. But welcome to Teal Town After Dark. This is your live and interactive Sharks post game show. We do this home and away, regular season playoffs, playoffs, win or loss. Don't have. <laughs> painful it gets but to be a part of the show you can there are multiple ways to interact with us chat with us and fellow sharks fans in our youtube chat on the page or the app and of course follow us on the social twitter instagram youtube facebook soundcloud reddit and of course discord and for more sharks content visit us at tealtownusa.com please be joined tonight by mr eric landy Hi everybody. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, it's like <laughs> it's like The Simpsons, right? Uh, hi everybody, it's Doctor Nick. <laughs> because uh, boy, man, do these do these sharks need a brain transplant or what? But uh, yeah, not a great night in Sharksland, that's for sure. Yeah, not exactly the best uh, night, and didn't start off well, didn't end well, just just didn't. Not ready to go tonight, for sure. Uh, especially after what we heard from the locker room following the game on uh, on uh, Tuesday night. You were, were hoping for something, and uh, you know, not exactly the greatest thing in the round. And we're already getting a boatload of uh, comments. So, dare I do this right now, Landy? <laughs> what are we? What, what are I'm we just doing? looking at at some of the comments that are rolling in already. Um, you know, I mean, what is there to be said about this team? I, I, I just feel like, you know, it's Groundhog Day. It's Lucy, you know, pulling the football in front of uh, Linus, uh, uh, you know, it, or Charlie, excuse me. Yeah. It, it's just, it, it's just so, it's gotten so repetitive, you know, that the refrain has be become so repetitive. Um, about the mistakes in their own zone, um, about the goaltending, about uh, deployment and the way that um, the the coaches are deploying the players. I, you know, I, I'm apathetic at this point. And, you know, it, that's not like me. Normally, um, you know, normally I'm I'm fairly level-headed, but yeah. this this is just ridiculous. You know, I, I just I I I don't know what's going on with this team, and and I don't think that they know either. And that's a scary part, um, is that we don't know what the heck is going on. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just you know you're starting to with a game like this. There are a lot of people losing interest. We saw Ether break single. That game was bad. Phantom 0044 saying, after the fourth goal, I decided to do my homework. Patrick Tyler made some homemade iced coffee and lemonade. Former that sounds good. Yeah, that's yeah, that. I mean, 
iced coffee I had. I made myself an espresso too uh, during the game. <laughs> Uh, because quite honestly, I needed it to uh, stay awake. I mean, it, look, look, Eric, it's not even fun hockey anymore. It's boring. It's yeah. it's it's it, it's boring. Um, the mistakes are just mind numbing. And and you know, I really, I really tried to start out positive today. I, I, I you know, you saw saw my tweets this afternoon. I'm like, hey, you know what? Um, Nabby has had a good amount of time now with Jonesy. Jonesy's gotten a good, um, you know, break. He, you know, maybe he's he's kind of worked on his technique a little bit, gone back right. to basics. And quite frankly, you trot him out on that first goal, which, you know, if you want to break it down real quick, um, the scoring play there. Yeah. And it's it's just tough. It's just tough to look at. Martin Jones gets in the gets the start, uh, first time in eleven days. Uh, you know, you have a Colorado team that's four seven and three in the last fourteen. They've only won twice in their last nine games. One of the note, noteworthy people that we've all seen, even back in his Toronto days, Nazem Kadri, no points in his last five until tonight, and. Uh, you know, right off the get-go, the Sharks play 7-D. They put in Tim Heed. Something tells me something's up if we're playing 7-D out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that that this is, and, you know, I think that this, this signals that a defenseman's on the move. I think that this was an opportunity to get Tim Heed some reps because, I think he's going to get the lion's share when, um, well, unfortunately, when Mr. Dillon is traded away. Yeah. Um, you know, and on the first goal, it's Valerie Nuchushkin, his eighth on the season, uh, Burakowski with the assist there. But basically, it's just a breakdown um, by Brent Burns um, in his own zone. It leads to basically uh, a semi-breakaway and, you know, um, Valerie Nuchushkin just buries it five-hole. And it was such a deflating way to start the game. I mean, 45 seconds into the game and you give up that kind of a goal. Um, you know, Jones is not ready on that play. He's not he, he's not moving laterally side to side or anything like that that opens up his five hole. It's just a bad five hole goal. Yeah. And and you're just you're just thinking like, man, you know what? I, I, again, the guy, I, I don't know what his mindset must be going into these games right now, but it, it, his headspace is not good. I mean, he's lost his starting job. He's giving up, I mean, just just ugly goals game after game after game. I, You know, I, I, I would be very interested to see if maybe he needs to see a professional athlete-type uh, um, therapist. I, I, really, I really do wonder because... His headspace must be horrible right now, yeah. and the way that the team reacts—I mean, the way that they reacted after that that first goal—to me, it was a team that was lifeless. It was a team that um, got pushed around again. Joe Thornton getting a huge hit by um, by uh, Nikita Zadorov, and I didn't see any type of response until the second period. There wasn't if anybody that. there. Yeah, and, and so. You know, it, it's a team that went into cruise control after that first goal. 
Yeah. And it's a tough part because 45 seconds in, you're already thinking, here we go. And that that's probably the, the deflating part of this of this night is that 45 seconds into this game and, and you let in the goal. And, and let's be honest, too. Brent Burns didn't help out on that play either when Nikushkin goes for the net. You know, I mean, it's the 30th time Colorado scored the first goal of the game. And you're already deflated 45 seconds in. It's like, come on, guys. You got to shake out of this already. I mean, it's just really bad. Really bad. And in fact, Burnsy with the comment, you know, now after the game, it's a vicious cycle of getting behind, trying not to make mistakes, helping the next guy. Well, you're helping the next guy, and the next guy's wearing, you know, a different uniform. It's just ridiculous right now. And yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's breakdown after breakdown. It's it's Murphy's law. Whatever's gonna break is gonna break. You know, whatever. It it's just it's it's beyond infuriating now. I think it's we're to the point where you know, unfortunately, I have to say it. I don't. That doesn't really matter anymore because yeah. we know where this team is going. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so now we have to start looking at how to extract the most value out of out of what you have on this roster and by that i mean both exploring trades uh you know for contenders and then also extracting value insofar as measuring your own players that you have available that um you want to see grow um i think that that's where we're at in this season is just looking at individuals now and looking at how uh, the the next season is going to really um scope out i mean you know and and not only that but then you know you figure okay they kind of get their feet back a little bit into the game although it took a long time for that first shot on goal i think it was ended up being eight or nine minutes before they got a shot on goal and and that's and that's tough to do when you have when you are offensively struggling and let's be real here, Landy, there's no reason for this team to be offensively struggling. You have Evander Kane, you have Tomas Hurdle. I mean, these guys are supposed to be your big guys. Kevin LeBanc took a chance on himself and yeah, he's got 11 goals, but yeah. Okay, great. You know, I mean, David H making a point here. I'm beyond be being able to understand why they can't execute a simple zone entry to create a dangerous chance. This team is working so hard just to get the basics remotely correct. And it seems like that a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I you know, it's, it's a complete mental regression. Um, I, you know, the, the, the poster child that I bring up on that is Timo Meyer, a complete mental regression in his game. You, you, you just wonder where is the player that was placing the puck in smart um, positions? Where was the player that was making impactful hits and being, you know, a pest? That, that player has not been here this year. You know, I, I dare I say it going back to the Avalanche series in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that Timo Meyer has basically been um, invisible. I mean, and... and so so yeah so they and let's not to beat a dead horse here but they go you know back into the game and and they you could see that they were making some better plays a little bit further into the uh 
into the period. I think Martin Jones got his feet a little bit more under him, and you're like, okay, well, maybe maybe Martin Jones looks like um, he could maybe pull out, you know, one of those type of games where he gives up a really bad stinker, yeah. um, and then you know puts together a little bit of a of a good run. But you know, then Kale McCarr with his tenth on the season off the faceoff, nineteen fifty. 1957 on the clock, Kadri with the only assist because he, you know, won the faceoff to shoot it back to the point. And that goal is is a goal in which, I mean, look, that one's tough because it gets deflected off Barkley Goodrow. Jones isn't immediately set, but still, it, it's one of those deflators, man. And and after that goal, you, you just knew that the you knew that the that the the that game was done. done. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's the scary part, man. Is that when you're already deflated 45 seconds in, then you let in with three seconds left, a shot that goes off a deflection off of your own player. It just, it's demoralizing, and, and it's tough because, honestly, how, how do you recover from that? I mean, seriously, you know, uh, you know, it's got gotten to the point where, where people are saying, you know. Like Steve Rector's saying, Timo looks like he doesn't even want to be here. I, I'm I have a tough time believing that, but the effort, you know, or or that it's possible like guys like Timo LeBanc Sorensen just weren't that good to begin with. That they benefit I, from I not being I, the most watched guy on their lines. I I don't think that I don't think it's that so in so far as 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 where they are. Um, you know, talent-wise, they think that they're talented players. They look like players, quite frankly, that have checked out, mentally well, have checked out of the game. They have one more game before the All-Star break. They and and not exactly an All-Star break. They get their bye week, then they get the All-Star break. I mean, honestly, Hurdle could probably <laughs> go on a vacation really quick and then fly to St. Louis for the game. Um, getting some comments from Bob Bugner. We felt good before this trip. Now it's time to man up. We're not on the same page. When we play the right way, we can p- compete with the best, but we aren't executing. That's scary to think right now. That yeah. you are a month into your regime and guys are not on the same page. So what yeah, on mean, earth is going on? I mean, um, Eric, if you wouldn't mind pulling up, I believe it was Eduardo Gonzalez's uh, uh, text in here. Could the EK65 deal be affecting the players in different ways, i.e., why is this guy getting all the money when he has not been paid his dues for this team? I I think that that's an interesting point to expound upon. Um, I definitely think, and we've gone over this multiple times, but it should be said again that the Evander Kane deal really started this whole kind of mess where, you know, Evander Kane was paid at market value. um, And I think Pavelski really, look, put it to you this way. Insiders in the industry said that it ruffled some feathers within the Sharks dressing room, whether or not you want to believe that that's up to you. But I have a feeling that it probably did. Um, it upsets the balance of the pay scales there. Um, and when that happens, you, you do get a little bit of, of locker room fatigue. Yeah. But then I think the the hammer um, striking the nail is the Eric Carlson deal. And, and look, 
the trade is what the trade is at this point. Uh, you can go back and you could say, hey, you know, lottery protection would be great on that pick. Um, but, you know, again, if if you're if if any of us are the general manager and we're present that deal, we're going to make that deal. Um, and again, with the contract, he was going to get that contract from anywhere. I, I agree with that as well. So then you have to start wondering, OK, is is the makeup, meaning having two alpha right-handed defensemen, the way that they have it set up here, was that ever going to work? And and you saw glimpses of it, but I think a lot of that was because you had a Fulcrum and Pavelski who could really complement Brent Burns. You know, that tip and shot kind of, of tandem between those two really hit a lot of defects um, in in the offense, um, Eric Carlson is designed to play a more um, mobile game. Mobile game, but I also think a more um, counterattack style game, where he likes to lead the rush, where he likes to lead a three on two, um, where he likes to really hold on the puck through the neutral zone, and this team has never really, I mean, the, the last person to really do that was Dan Boyle, but even still his, it was just different. And I don't mm-hmm. think that the team has figured out how to integrate Eric Carlson and Brent Burns on the same team. Well, and see, I counteract that when, when they acquired Brent Burns originally, I mean, you had two offensively minded right-handed defensemen in Burns and Dan Boyle. Yes, Boyle is a little more defensively, but he also had the offense to go up with it. You know, that it, it to me, yes, is our Eric Carlson different from Dan Boyle? Absolutely. But I think you also knew that they were also thinking, you know, offensive and in in their heads more than anything else. I think that's part of the problem here. But at the same time, you've dealt through that. And I think that's what Doug Wilson was thinking about when he acquired him. It's just it, That's how I, I see it, is that they're trying to get those guys that, that worked for them in the past to eventually roll over. Because are we going to have you know Brent Burns at the end of his contract? No, I think he's going to be let go if, if he's going to continue playing. I think that's where... They're just trying to slowly transition over to where, where, you know, where Eric Carlson would be eventually leading this team. Uh, we're getting a ton of comments in here, and we thank you all. We're trying to keep up with this. Uh, you know, Bugner, we can't afford to cheat or take shortcuts in Arizona, and tonight prove that. Well, yeah, you know, that's that's the thing. Uh, multi-zombine. Uh, there's talent, but there's got to be something going on in the locker room we're not seeing. I mean, that's that's scary to think. Hot Wheels, 95% of this team have checked out. You know, J.F. Turner, now it's time to man up. It's late January. Um, you know. No, I think the, the, the whole time to man up, and I think that that's just hyperbole that the coaching staff is, is putting out there. Um, you know, and, it, and it's... It, it, it's because they're on the line here. Their necks are on the line, whether or not they're going to get jobs. So, of course, you're going to try and rally the troops or whatever. But, you know, to me, 
I think we have to start talking about the future, um, the future in San Jose, the, what the future will look like insofar as how are, is the team going to be set up for success? Um, you know, how is the team going to recoup assets going into the next season? Um, and quite frankly, a, a frank evaluation of the system, a frank evaluation of the coaching staff. Um, because right now, I mean, Eric, this San Jose used to be known as the goalie factory, right? I mean, San Jose produced elite high level goaltenders and it was, it was very reminiscent of Nashville, um, you know, under trots, very reminiscent of, um, you know, of course of the Islanders now where basically this, this coaching staff, um, was able to, turn Vessel Toscala into <laughs> Logan Couture. Yeah. So this, I think the organization really needs to take a look at itself in the mirror and ask, okay, is, is the coaching staff doing enough by its young players? Um, is the coaching staff developing the kinds of talent that is able to step up into the NHL? And, and, and they need to be frank about that because going into the season, um, there were a lot of holes that, that were supposed to be um, filled internally, and yet they came up and were not able to do that. So, again, it's, it's a frank conversation and a, and, and a frank uh, discussion and a, and a frank review of, of where the entire organization is from development staff, scouting staff, all the way through to the head coach. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a, a huge reality check in the offseason uh, with what this team is. I mean, honestly, in as much as I hate to bring up Kevin Kurz's tweet about, you know, the worst case scenario is Vegas winning the cup and the Sharks uh, give away the number one pick to uh, to Ottawa. That's a definitely an uh, issue. And at the same time, at the same time, though, you don't have a lot of assets. The The three assets that you were hoping to, to make this roster didn't even come close to making this roster, you know, and, and that's the tough part of it all. Um, I, and, and by, you know, I think Anthony brings up a couple of things here and AJ also brings up a couple of things. We're talking about goaltending. Just a quick um, aside on that. It, it I, Basically, what I meant was they were able to take a lot of of raw talent and make it into something. Like I said, you know, Vesa Toscala had one good season as a shark, and you were able to monopolize that and, and turn it into Logan Couture. To me, that's that's a win. Uh, Mika Kiprasov, of course, Nabokov, and Johan Hedberg, all part of the the, right. the goalie pipeline that Warren Stralo was here with. So those are, that's what I'm talking about. And that was a long time ago. And AJ is completely right. I mean, this was, this was middle nineties here. So, um, you know, it hasn't happened in a long time and you know, it, it's, it's, it's starting to show. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you know, we, we talk about the goaltending and I think that that's a perfect segue into the second period here with, uh, Ryan Graves and his seventh goal on the season. Again, another, another face-off. 
yeah, another face-off loss uh, directly back to the point, and he just pounds the shit out of that puck. I mean, um, grip it and rip it, and I, I don't even think Jones was able to get his glove up before it was already in the net for that one. Uh, then, you know, Rantanen takes a holy-in-the-stick call, and sure yep. enough, a turnover from Goodrow to trying to get the puck to Meyer. Ends up Calvert scoring his shorthanded goal, 12th of the season. I mean, right then and there, I think that was pretty much when we knew this one was done already. But just that was like the nail in the coffin on that. Calvert gets his 12th as a shorthanded goal. You know, Cole would get an interference call late. The Sharks didn't do anything on, on the power play. And then, and then at 11.38, this was kind of like, uh, parade to the penalty box and getting frustrations out. You know, Meyer and Landeskog roughing. Dylan takes a dumb holding call because they kept getting, they kept giving up two on ones when they were four on four. Ugh. You know, yeah. It, no, it was, it was just it, uh, again blown assignments. It, it was, it was, it was players that didn't care. At that point, at the, at that point, it was players that didn't care. I think the only thing they really cared about was getting even in, in the physicality department, and even then, it was a piss poor attempt at that. Um, you know, I, and I am not, you know, going through the the chat again. You know, I'm not advocating for a a Doug Wilson firing. I think he you look. I think you have to have a level of stability within an organization. Um, and I think that that starts with the top. However, does that mean that maybe a different voice needs to be added, um, you know, and not have like a Doug Wilson Jr. be right there and, and you know, really uh, nepotism at its finest? Maybe maybe you need to bring in a, a, a fresh assistant GM, um, you know, and really, like I said, clean house look Look at developmental coaches needing to be changed out. Look, I mean, you know, Eric, you, you talk about it all the time, but but Roy Sommer being in his position for so long, and uh, you know the the types the types of players that he develops, and the types of players that the Sharks need at the moment. I, I think that there's a disconnect there. There, you know, um, I, I don't want to get started with Roy Sommer. Um, you know, I, I, they will say how wonderful and how many players he's developed into NHL players, but I'm, you know, what the crowning, the night and shouting, I'm or what Jonathan Chichu, Milan Mahalik, right. right. You know, I mean, yeah, they, they definitely got their thing going on, but at the same time, you know, you talk about Joe Pavelski, he was barely with the Worcester Sharks for like maybe a, what a month or so before he got yeah. called up and stayed with the team. Logan Couture. Same with was, Logan. Yeah, he Same. wasn't there for long either. I mean, yeah, he did his thing. That's fine. Timo Meyer. Yeah, I'll give him that for a year. Kevin LeBanc. Yeah, I'll give that to him. He was there for a year. That's it. Yeah, I you mean, know, when I mean, when I. I no, I'm you're, trying to you're figure out who, right. who has who has Sommer coached for an extended period of time and got them to an all-star appearance. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll do you one better, Eric. I'll, I'll ask you one better. 
when was the last time that the Sharks had a homegrown superstar player? I'm talking bona fide superstar player. And, and you know, let's not talk about, oh, you know, the Sharks haven't drafted all that well or they haven't gotten good picks or good places, positions to pick. But, but really, who has this team developed into a bona fide superstar? Okay, crickets on that one. All right. How about a perennial all-star? Or how about just an all-star in general? I mean, Tomas Hurdle is is who I guess we're looking at now as probably the best, well, if not Marlowe, but, uh, you know, I would say Marlowe is probably the most consistent player, but the, the best, like, bona fide potential kind of player you look at hurdle, I guess. Uh, but again, you're you're stretching it out here. You're 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 trying to and that's to that's the thing. You, put lipstick on a cow. And that's the thing is that you you aren't getting a number of players. Yeah, hurdle, hurdle. What he maybe got the Wooster shuttle after his injury, but I mean he was with the team right off the get go. Couture, like we said, yeah, he was he was here for maybe a little bit after he played. In you know, in the freaking, in the freaking junior, and then had a cup of coffee in the AHL. You know, Patty never saw the day in the AHL. So maybe that tells you something. You know, you talk about Couture, barely there. Hurdle, I don't even. What maybe maybe reass, you know, conditioning assignments. Marlo went. You know, Marlo went to the NHL. Pavelski was there for like a cup of coffee, you know. Right. That that's the that's that maybe tells you something, but you can give them, yeah. And AJ mentioning it, you know, give them credit for LeBanc, Braun, and the bottom round picks. Sure. You know. I and and I think just to just to wrap this up with the bow and to kind of put it all together, what what we're saying here is that. These problems are self-inflicted um, because there isn't enough talent to replenish um, what holes the Sharks had going into the season. So, yeah, it's a coulda, shoulda, woulda. But, again, I'm now looking an eye towards the future. How do you fix that? You fix that by really making frank and honest assessments of what you have. I think that this team very much overestimated its prospects going into the season. Um, I, I think that they maybe were sniffing a little bit too much of the smelling salts there, thinking that you know three or four positions could be filled internally. And so, again, you know, you have to come up with a plan of how this team is going to move forward so to me that starts with the um organizational review so to speak it and then it goes um into asset management whether or not that is trading away a brendan dillon or a milker carlson or hell i mean I've heard of people saying you might need to take a shot off the bow on some of the young players maybe a kevin lebank I, for one, 
do not like the idea of trading any kind of cost-controlled player, um, any kind of player that that's still in their RFA-type window because, boy, let's just say Kevin LeBanc goes to uh, uh, pick a random team you know, with, with an up-and-coming um, youthful core. Um, and then, you know, you see him explode for 80 points or 60 points or whatever. So, you know, I, cause there, there is that player in there and, you know, he, he's the only one year removed from a 50 point season. Yeah. So uh, again, it, it's, it's how you manage those assets going forward. Or, or maybe they had, they hit a peak spot, you know? D- yeah. You know, I, I maybe mean, they, they hit that peak spot last year. And let's be honest, a lot of them had, you know, expiring deals. They want to make themselves look good. Totally get that. And, you know, maybe they hit that peak spot. And now this regression just a little bit, as AG would say, just a skosh, you know, and that's the thing. The the thing about this, too, and Anthony Sanchez, you did make a good point here, is that the Sharks can't afford a financial rebuild to go through a total rebuild. They need to be competitive to compete against all the other Bay Area teams. If we suck for a long period, the arena will look like Florida. I I said that you know right after uh, the reverse sweep. After that, you also had Levi's opening up. Uh, this was even before the Warriors, and this was in the middle of the Giants run. Um, because I mean, honestly, let's be real here. We won't we won't start the media stuff, but that's the thing. They'll give the love to the Giants. They'll give the love to the Warriors, and you know, for right now, they're giving love to the Niners uh, at this point. And it's funny to say that oh, they they won't come down to San Jose to cover a Sharks game. They'll go to Santa Clara for an NFL game, you know. And the thing is, you know, but. Eric, I mean, yes, yes, we say that, and 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 I think that it's very much true. I I think that the media definitely is uneducated towards hockey. We'll just put it towards that and leave it there. Yeah. But has the Sharks given them any reason to follow them? I mean, that that's the thing, right? I mean, outside of the one Stanley well, Cup run, I mean, y- you know. I, 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 sorry, go ahead. Go ahead and finish your I, point. Sorry. I, yeah, I, I just you have had outside of in the last, let's say five or six years where you've really started to get some new personalities within the sharks. I mean, there wasn't a lot of, of personality to the sharks. Maybe, you know, when you had Ola Nolan, but again, nineties, long time ago. Um, but I, I agree with the lack of coverage. I agree with, you know, with the media. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we appreciate everybody watching and we appreciate all the comments because, you know, quite frankly, this is why we do it. Um, but again, it, it's like you have to build that goodwill up. And so I don't know that the Sharks have done that. I, I think that there's a, there's even a, a level of fatigue with how the Sharks have always teased us with great regular seasons and then you know epic falling apart in the playoffs or or reverse sweeps or uh whatever you know the the myriad of things that this team has has gone through so 
I, I think it's again, it's partly self-inflicted. I also think that it it's a, a media needing to be a little bit more educated. Um, but, but still, you know, uh, going back to Anthony's tweet to kind of, or excuse me, Anthony's comment to kind of just tie it back all up again. Um, you're right. The financial situation is is that the Sharks can't afford to rebuild. Um, they have to kind of do this reload and retool on the fly kind of deal because um, their TV deal is not good. And so they don't generate a lot of revenue that way. And really, it's a great it's a, a, a gate driven team. And that's where they need to continue to be competitive. And that's where you're going to see some of these moves where you go okay that's to win now totally get it i totally get it so uh putting a bow on this game the sharks get their second shutout in three weeks uh yikes you know uh, a little bit more respectable opponent this time around uh thornton joe thornton played in his 1615th game that ties larry murphy uh 10th all-time in games played in the nhl uh, you know, uh, not exactly the greatest thing, greatest night to go around. Um, but some interesting images to look at, uh, before we get to the, to the wraparound. All right. Let's congratulate Sharks broadcaster and USA hockey Olympian Kendall Coyne Schofield. She was named to the part of the, uh, to the American side for the elite women's three on three. That'll take place at the All-Star Skills Challenge. Uh, that's at the All-Star Game next Friday night. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, appreciate to see this, and, and I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, I, I like to see that the women's game is getting some love, and it's amazing how one, one lap around the ice can change a whole heck of a lot uh, for the women's game, Landy. Yeah, no, I, I think that that it has been a long time coming. I also think it's a, it's really refreshing to see something new um, in the all-star game, because quite frankly, you know, when you have your superstar players skipping out on it, you need to have some kind of good draw. And this is a good draw. I think it's a, it's a right direction for the NHL to extend the olive branch over to the women's game. The NHL certainly needs to do more, um, but it's, it's, it's a paltry step, but it's a step in the right direction. Nonetheless, Uh, more comments in the chat. Winning cures everything. Yep. You got that right. You you know what? uh, I don't know if this, this next image is going to be winning or not, but, uh, wait, I see what they were going with, and um, yeah, I'm not a fan. But the front, I, I I like the creativity, but I'm I'm okay with the back of this jersey more than anything. What did you think with the official unveiling of Colorado's stadium jersey? Um, I okay. So I'm of the opinion that. The white space utilization is cool, uh, but I don't like the way that it extends up to the neckline and the way that the blue um, interfaces with the white. Um, maybe if the collar was fully blue and they bring down that white A um, down to mid-level, um, that it would really help that jersey out. Uh, 
like you, though, I'm a fan of the back. And so, you know, with the stadium series jerseys, there's a level of creativity that is added to them. There's a level of um, creative license uh, to the you know, to the designs. So, you know, for a one-off kind of Jersey, it doesn't bother me, but you know, if you were to tell me, okay, that's going to be the Colorado Avalanche's third Jersey, I would say that's yeah, a swing and a miss for me. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's more graphic of an image than this. It would be this. Um, I think I know where you're going with this, but <laughs> oh my God, I mean, <sighs> How the heck did that happen? And, and, and to hear the, the reaction that Vegas had about it was just crazy. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I posted it on Twitter. I was like, hey, look, uh, Cody Eakins of the world world are celebrating because, you know, he's going to see a jump in ice time. <laughs> and uh, the first pair, you know, the first defensive pair on Vegas is going to be ground into the ground. So good luck with that. Yeah. Um, I don't. I mean, look, you you root for Peter DeBoer, the human, and you know you root for him getting a getting a job again and um, he getting got a paid. Job. We're not liking where he's at right now, though. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and and quite frankly, I don't know how the room really reacts to that. You know, because which one? Um, <laughs> no, to Vegas, to Vegas, be, because. Um, Gerard Gallant really stressed that Island of Misfit Toys, Nobody Wanted Us uh, narrative that really drove them in the first season. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, again, how what what happened there? You know, we heard about some breakdowns between McPhee and Gallant. Um, you know, last season when they went through that terrible stretch, I think, where they only won one game in like 10 um, and they were they were avoiding each other in the hallways. Yeah. And I think this year the mediocrity was the final the final straw that broke the camel's back. And Brad McCrimmon, who's their current GM, you know, basically said they did this on a almost on like a gut move, a whim, which I'm very surprised somebody would okay that uh, to to say that you're doing a, a coaching change on a whim where he's done so much, uh, you know, uh, but, yeah, but I, at this point, yeah, do you bring Galan in? Yeah, I, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I think that it all goes to the owner though. I mean, it, you, the, the team is a personification of ownership and Bill Foley is definitely a shoot at the hip kind of, kind of owner. So it doesn't surprise me in that respect because the guy has a pretty short fuse for mediocrity um, he wants to so, win now. Yeah, exactly. And and so when you have a gung-ho owner like that, uh, kind of a meddlesome owner, if you want to be really honest about it, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me. You know, he, he probably figured that, you know, here's a guy that was able to solve the Vegas puzzle a couple of times and, you know, really able to push a team uh, – it's debatable what who has more talent or what, but definitely pushed a team that was of equal talent last year and, you know, pushed them over the edge. You know, he, he probably saw that and was very ad, ad, admire, you know, admiring from afar to that. Yep. So it's 
I, it, you know, on, on, uh, on a level, it makes sense, but on another, it's just like, boy, you know, you're three points out of leading the division and you can your coach. Oof, I'd hate to work for Bill Foley. That's yeah. all I'd have to say. Remember, Vegas fans booed their boys off the ice last week. It's like, you're only, when you enter tonight, just three points out of the Pacific Division lead. Oh, my gosh. And, and like J.F. Turner said, Gallant molded an expansion team to a Stanley Cup final. He's a good coach. Why not? You know, it's just, it, it's just mind-blowing. However, that being said, you'll find out right about now because is it time, Landy? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's Have the goddamn common courtesy to give him a reach around. It it's one of those things where if you change your coach and and this coach this coaching change was the eighteenth head coaching change since the beginning of last season. That's crazy. And Marty T, you you know what, before we get to the scores, Gal was McPhee's guy too. Maybe they want a clean slate as a coach for whatever reason. I mean, yeah, it could be McCrimmon wanting to go with one of with a guy that he wanted. You know, it's crazy. I mean, coaches that are out there right now, my goodness, it's going to be interesting to see the off season with the coaching coaching in the NHL. So, in Ottawa tonight, the Vegas Golden Knights get off to a great start. Thirty four seconds in with Paul Stasny. Scoring that would be the starter and the, eventually the finisher as Ryan Reeves gets his sixth goal of the season. Uh, that's right, he has six goals. Um, <laughs> the Golden Knights in PDB's debut beat the Ottawa Senators four to two in this one. Mark Andre Fleury with the victory in this one. So, I I don't know. <laughs> Uh, winding down to the last few seconds here, the Vancouver Canucks, uh, the Sharks' next opponent, uh, are about to beat the Desert Dogs three to one. Horvat, Vertanen, and Tanner Pearson with the goals in that one for the Canucks. So the you, I, I, I think you mean Vertanen, don't you? Vertanen. <laughs> hey, if I can't do short house, we can't do Vertanen. Okay. Uh, in. Beantown, the battle of the black and yellow teams. Black and yellow, black and yellow. 4-1, the Bruins beat the Penguins in this one. Crosby gets his seventh of the season. Not enough as Corrali, Lindholm, Bergeron, and Marchand. Uh, glad to see Marchand actually grab the puck this time. Don't at me, Marchand. Uh, uh, get the goals for the Bruins in this one. The Flames... Man, not a good night for the Sharks. Uh, the Flames uh, win in a shootout 2-1 to one over the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, in that one, the Flames now go to 57 points on the campaign. The Panthers beat the LA Kings 4-3. to three. Uh, Brian Boyle uh, gets credited for the game-winning goal on that one. Kopitar and Jeff Carr and Ayafalo uh Try to make this game interesting with three goals in about six minutes, but not enough uh, left for it. Uh, in Long Island, uh, the Islanders lose three to two to the Rangers. But man, did you see that hit that Eberle took? 
No, I have oh, not. Oh, man. The guy with just a blindside hit cross-checks uh, Eberly where his head hits the post and Ooh. he goes down hard. Uh, definitely, uh, definitely, uh, yeah, not the fun. Uh, Oof. Gruesome. So, so uh, moving onward, the Flyers lose to the Canadiens 4-1, to one. you know. Ever since Kovalchuk went to Montreal, he's been on a roll. He gets two goals in this one, on six in the campaign. Uh, maybe L.A. was wrong about him. I don't know. Uh, hey, L.A. is wrong a lot about a lot of stuff. Yeah, if you, if you thought Colorado's Stadium Series jersey was meh, L.A. says hold my beer when that comes out. Oof. Uh, Washington beats the Devils 5-2. to two. Uh, Corey Schneider gets the loss in that one. Wow. Uh, Ovechkin gets to gets a hat trick. He gets to 31 on the season there. As uh, Samsonov continues to roll for the Capitals, he makes you wonder if Holtby's going to be able to test free agency. That one. Uh, the Blue Jackets uh, beat the Hurricanes three to two on this one. Uh, Mercer Likens continues to go on. And on, uh, and then we told you about the Knights and Senators. The Ducks beat the Predators four to two, so the Ducks get to the forty-one points on the campaign on this one. Saros takes the loss in that one for Nashville. In Minnesota, former Shark Alex Stalock gets the victory over the Tampa Bay Lightning three to two. The final there, Kucherov had two power, excuse me, two goals. One on the power play wasn't enough for the Lightning to get a victory. The Sabres seem like they have decided to wake up for a bit. They beat the Dallas Stars 4-1. to Thank you very much. Jamie Benn with the lone goal for the Stars. And that gets you caught up on everything. Oh, man. I mean, it's just been a crazy amount of uh, news and everything, not the least of which. It's sad to say, we... Uh, are credited for giving the Sharks two goal songs, and that went by the wayside, uh, as we will see once the Sharks return to the All-Star break, when they introduce individual goal songs for each player for that one. I, I, I mean, I don't particularly care for that, but, you know, whatever. Uh, Well, to me, I thought this was a team sport. We're supposed to teal together. I guess we now we just goal individually. I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess maybe it's it's a kind of a gimmick for bringing fans in. But, uh, yeah, I, I I don't like this move. I think it's I think it's kind of lame. I, I like our goal song. I think it's it's cool. I think that it's, you know, harkens back to to the era of the team's inception and. Yeah, I, I feel like this is going to fall flat on its face. It's going to be interesting to see what the guys come up with because you know the guys will be chomping at the bit, including how Logan suggested that uh, Tomas Hurdle's one should be Sir mix a baby got back <laughs> after LeBang's comments. <laughs> uh, so that should be a... Hey, Burge coming up with a good one. Adagio is the best goal song for this team. Yeah, it is. Right, talk about slow march to death. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Uh, but uh, you know, 
it will be interesting to see once we get there. So uh, <laughs> Steve Copper's like, we need a laugh, guys. Give us a joke at least. Now we're more bummed. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, no, you, you don't. I mean. <sighs> not that you put us on the pressure. I mean, come on. Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree. I mean, there's not really much to laugh at. I mean, the, the, to me, the, this this has just been one of those seasons that is is just it's literally been the hardest season to watch as a Sharks fan. I think for me, um, when it when it all oh, thank you for adding to the swear jar, Laurel. Thank um, you, Laurel, for all those f's I, I gave. Yeah, I. I you know, it, it's it's tough. It's been a really tough season, and it's I think it's exacerbated by the fact that this team has so much talent, and it's just not executing at all. So I, I'm I'm out of I'm out of it for you guys. <laughs> well, we're getting some ideas here. AJ saying for Joe Thornton, Allison Chains Rooster. All right, I can get that. Uh, Chris S. Ouch. We won't find out what goal songs are for half the team. Let's be real. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Aether Break, as obvious as this is, Hurdle needs to have the 90s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme. That <laughs> 21 Plex, what's up, Ruben? Uh, Logan will probably have some Drake song. Yes, you'll be Kiki. Do you love me? Do you ride in? So you never. Yeah, no, it's going to be something like that, you know. Uh, but, hey. Can we get a Shorty Goal song? Um, if you're, I, I'm assuming there's a, an artist named Shorty. I don't think you want a John Shorthouse goal song. Although he has sang with Michael Buble. Just gonna put that out there. <laughs> uh, Phantom 044 saying everyone should pick Boulevard of Broken Dreams. You know, uh, great to see they got a Bay Area artist to do the All-Star game a year late. Uh, I was telling you guys in the chat, I was like, uh, man, um, Green Day must be short on cash or something. <laughs> right. Right. So. All right. Well, if you missed anything or you want to watch this again, check us out on TealTownUSA.com or your favorite podcatcher, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, always available at TealTownUSA.com. So check us out that. <laughs> yes, AJ Vlasic, who let the dogs out. Yes. Oh, JF Turner, wake me up when September ends. <laughs> it should oh. be more like wake me up when October ends. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. So, um, all right. With that, I think that uh, gets us gone, gone for the rest of the night. We want to thank the currently 62 people watching and the 1,907 subscribers on the YouTube channel. We are on our way to uh, 2,000 on the on the YouTube, 2,000 on the Instagram for that matter, and 5,000 on the Twitter machine. So. By all means, tell all your friends. We appreciate the support immensely. Give us the love. We'll give our love right back to you as you're live in your Active Sharks post-game show, along with uh, Doug Bentz was interviewed by AJ about what's coming up uh, for the 30th anniversary, what's going on at, at the Solar for America Ice, and uh, for that matter, the uh, 
uh, oh gosh, Club 91, which seems to be quite popular uh, right now. So definitely check out all of our content on all of our social platforms as well. Landy, of course, it's always good to talk with a fellow Eric who spells his name the right way. Your final thoughts on where the people can find you. Oh, final thoughts. It's it's a slog right now, everybody. Um, but I think there will be some interesting moves ahead. I think that there will be some um, really... Uh, I'll, I'll just say this. I think the... The moves off the ice will be a lot more interesting than the moves on the ice. And I'll <laughs> leave it there. Um, and so far as where you can find me, you can find me on uh, all the social media garbage using my first name. That's Eric spelled with a K. Landy, that's L-A-N-D-I because I am Italian like that. And uh, yeah, appreciate it. Gotcha. Steve Cropper saying we need some Teal Town USA bobbles. No, I'm not mm, sure about I that. You know, we could probably put together a, a bobblehead, like, diorama of my laundry. Anybody interested? <laughs> uh, probably have one of me with with a bunch of jerseys and AOL discs, unfortunately. Oh, no, 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 no. You know it's the angry tree. Come on now. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was going to say we could put that behind AJ as well, but on uh, his... That, uh, Kayla's wouldn't that be Kayla no, though? Like Kay we would oh, just if it didn't have just, Kayla, you know how pissed Laurel would be. I mean, come on now. Yeah, it's, I mean, who wants to look at AJ's ugly mug anyways? You know, you just wow. We, we all, yeah, yeah, we all love AJ because of Kayla. Come on now. Uh, Laurel, I slept all last night and all day to prep for my birthday tomorrow. I just woke up to come see you guys host the show. Thank you, thank you, Laurel. Happy birthday to you. You have a great night. <laughs> oh, and of course, AJ gets you back, man. <laughs> Want a Landy bobblehead? Just get a Birds Band Fun bobble. Hey, you know what? Uh, AJ AJ is just jealous of flow. Oh, no. I'm going to release the flow. Oh yeah. <laughs> what did this become? An Herbal Essences commercial? Oh boy. <sighs> Let's get uh, out of yeah. here. Uh, we appreciate your support uh, no matter what. Hit that subscribe button on the, the on the screen or down below. Hit us up on the social media. We'll be back with you Saturday night as the Sharks take on the Vancouver Canucks. <laughs> I'll be on that one. Until then, keep it real, keep it teal, keep it real teal. Have a great night, everyone. We'll see you Saturday. <laughs>